Deeper listening leads to better questions. And ta-da, you're a better coach. Welcome to Coaching for Potential with Rory Rowland. Join national presenter and consultant Rory Rowland as he discusses another aspect of powerful coaching and how it transforms people to improve your organization. Welcome to Coaching for Potential with Rory Rowland. Hi, Rory. Paul, it is great to be here. Thank you, my friend. I'm glad you're here with another fun podcast about coaching and Mm -hmm. really bringing people back up to, not really back up, but to their potential. Right. Uh, both the managers and the employees. Yeah. I mean, and the uh, organization too. You bet. Because what I see from the folks that I work with as far as you know, coaching clients is they're always asking, how do I improve my team? How do I get better? And really, ultimately, the question that you've got to ask is, how do I get better individually as a coach? Mm-hmm. So that's the important key in this process is, how do we improve those skills? And one of the things that I've been working with folks on, they, they say to me, I don't know how to ask those greater questions or those better questions. Mm. And one of the things that I say to them is... Now, you have met, mentioned a few times that questioning <laughs> is important. <laughs> Who would have thought? And I've got a new mantra, if all else fails, ask a question. That's good. So just make this process simple and easy. Mm-hmm. If all else fails, ask a question. But what I hear from managers is, I'm not asking great questions, or I don't know that next question. And really, it comes down to the deeper we listen, the easier it is to ask that next question. And so today's podcast, we're going to talk about deeper listening so that we can become more effective at having that conversation. Because we really want coaching to be a conversation and not scripted. Or And we talked about that here a few podcasts back, where it's not a process. Make it a simple conversation. And so really, we're talking about that process deeper today. And how do we get become a deeper listening to make better questions? And so, ta-da, you can be a better ta-da. coach. Ta-da. <laughs> <laughs> the first thing is, what are the benefits of, of being a great listener? Mm-hmm. And obviously, you gather more information. You're making others feel more important, and they matter to you, and they certainly do. Sustaining a sense of connection with those folks you're working with, this, I think, is the most important, is stepping out of your own familiar frame of reference, rather than seeing the world in our perspective all the time. It kind of almost like uh, doing this, having people who watch MSNBC watch Fox or Fox listeners watch MSNBC. They, they may grind their teeth because they say, how can those folks see that? But if we're not listening to the other side, how can we, mm-hmm. in fact, be effective? And I think this is the important key, too, as a manager, is so often we have a mindset rather than listen to folks and we want to kind of drive the direction or drive the conversation our way. We truly want to listen to them and find out what's their frame of reference and how are they seeing it. And, and that's the benefit of it. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad you set that up front because it's not easy to be a listener. It, it You know, we've all heard there's a difference between listening and hearing, mm-hmm. but it really you have to be active with it, mm-hmm. right? You do. And you've got to follow up and get to that deeper level of layer, kind of like, you know, the Shrek listening, but we'll, we'll talk about Shrek a little bit okay. later. But, you know, that next layer, that the unpeeling the on, onion, mm-hmm. we've often got to think out. So often when we're talking, particularly for extroverts, we think out loud. Extroverts talk to reach clarity. Introverts think to reach clarity. Extroverts recharge with other people introverts recharge alone. Mm-hmm. And many times leaders are selected because of their extrovert kinds right. of skills. Right. And so as an extrovert, you talk out loud and you think out loud, but then as you're doing that, it helps you reach clarity. But then you also to really, truly understand those folks you're working with, you've got to kind of step back and, and listen and stop and let them be involved. So one of the challenges of many coaches is they're not great listeners. Because they're not great listeners, they have trouble asking those questions and keeping the conversation going. 
one of the questions I like to ask them when I'm coaching them and they say that I can't ask great questions. So I say, what does it feel like when someone doesn't listen to you? Maybe they listen, but they don't really get to that next level where you could have really reached clarity. And that feeling isn't good. To give you an example of this, I do this exercise when I'm at conferences. But after I do the exercise, I ask them, how does it feel like when people were listening to you because we had a listening exercise? And how does it feel when they weren't? When people were, were not being listened to, they felt insignificant, unappreciated, unimportant, invisible. But when they were being listened to, they felt significant, may matter, they felt validated, they felt important. It's really two sides of the emotional extreme when that's happening. If we're not listening effectively as a coach, then guess what? Those people rarely are in the middle. Mm -hmm. I never hardly ever hear anybody say one out of maybe 10,000, a person said, I feel neutral. But 9,999 times, they guess what? They are on either end of that emotional spectrum. In order to be an effective coach, we've got to listen effectively so we get them, make them feel validated, important, they matter, they're significant. And then to be able to listen at a deep level so we can follow up and ask those more effective questions. Do you ever do you ever use the example, think about the time when you told your kids to do their chores? <laughs> That's when you're not being listened to at all, <laughs> right? And yeah. how did you feel then? <laughs> Right. You're right. Well, and it's like having a teenager. I mean, that's a great example Mm -hmm. of that. If you've had teenagers and you know how indifferent they can be, they're almost like having a cat as a child. Right. Uh, You know, just, oh, you're here. Fine. Mm -hmm. You know, they're just so indifferent. And that's how an employee feels sometimes when we don't listen effectively to them. So I'm glad you brought that up. It's Mm -hmm. a great example of that. So when people don't listen, they're sending the implicit message that you're not important, they're not interested, or they're not really listening at a deep level. And if you're not listening at a deep level, you can't ask that a next effective question because deeper listening allows you to follow the conversation and, and, and ask that next question. How would you describe someone who is listening at a deep level? There's a lot of uh, signals that you can tell if someone's listening at a deep level that you can send. Right. Typically, when I'm working with my clients, when I'm listening at a deep level, I've helped them go past their perceived perception is when they say, hmm, I've never thought of it that way, or that's interesting. I've never seen it from that perspective. And you're taking them to a level that they've never been before, but not because you're basically guiding them, but you're asking questions to help them see the world from a different perspective. An example, recently I was working with a manager and she was uh, working with an employee that had a really good relationship in the past. Now the relationship's kind of soured because of things. And I asked her, I said, okay, how often are you meeting with her? And she goes, not very often. Is that helping or hurting the relationship? And she goes, you know, because the relationship soured and it was uncomfortable having those conversations, I just kind of ignored her and she go and I am basically a follow up with. Yeah. Isn't that typical? I mean, that, oh, it's that just happens all the time. It happens all the time. And I think it's the Shackleton approach to leadership. Mm. He was so extraordinary in how he led his Antarctic expedition. But one of the things that he did is he had 27 men. They got stuck on an ice flow and it took them two years to get saved in the Antarctic. If you've never heard the, if the Shackleton story, you've got to do that. But one of the things that he did that was extraordinary was those people that were most negative or those people who were most likely to mutiny in his mind, and he never said it that way, but those who were being most resistant to his leadership style, he actually had them sleep in his tent. He actually stayed closest to them because he didn't want them to infect the entire uh, group or team. And actually, when he took the last lifeboat and they went 800 miles across the Antarctic Ocean to Elephant Island to get saved, uh, he actually took the two most negative people with him. He took them because they were the most negative and 
he didn't want them to stay behind and infect the other 20 people mm-hmm. that were staying behind another island to then go into mutiny because he knows how bad there's been dozens and dozens of stories of North Pole expedition and Antarctic ex- expeditions that went south. I mean, it went bad. He saved all 27 men, but he brought those folks who were most negative closest to them. And he would listen to them deeply to try to find out what's going on with them so that they would negatively affect the other team. So listening deeply has a lot to do with time. Mm-hmm. You have to spend some time with your folks to make sure that they know that you're listening deeply. And you've got to say- And it sounds so basic to say, but that is really important. Right. I had a, a manager tell me recently, I said, how's your team on a scale of one distance? She goes, oh, about an eight. I said, okay, when was the last time you talked to employee X? Well, I never talked to her. Okay. Mm-hmm. You told me three minutes ago that communication was incredibly important. And now you're not talking to this person. And yet you rated your overall team performance as an eight. How does this, is this one relationship that you have, is that the two? I mean, is that kidding you from a tent? If you, mm-hmm. if you talked to her and you were on the same hymnal, same page and had more of an in-sync relationship, would you be a 10? And she goes, well, I probably, I probably shouldn't have rated us as an eight. (laughs) (laughs) And yes, it would probably get us to be a 10 if I, in fact, were to overcome that. So that's part of listening to is overcoming our inherent biases to go, hmm, Mm -hmm. you know, we've really found this to be a challenge. That's the deeper part of it. Mm-hmm. And you've, then you've got to follow up with those d- deeper questions like we talked about earlier and challenging questions too. When, you know, when was the last time you talked to this person and what were the results of that? So I love what Mark Twain said. He says, good judgment comes from experience and experience comes from bad judgment. <laughs> so, so really this podcast is built on some of the fruits of my bad judgment. Oh, There's, nice. <laughs> yeah, nice. All of the mistakes that I've made. And then also another important key for managers to recognize that Questions can, in fact, be nonverbal, a raised eyebrow, a nod, uh, simply letting there be a silence. I love what Bob TD talks about in his blog, uh, leadingwithquestions.com, and he talks about the eight-second rule. It takes eight seconds to ride a bronking bull in a bull riding contest, yet we wow. rarely have the ability to stay silent for eight seconds when we're listening to an employee, <laughs> which seems absurd, doesn't yes, it? Yes, it does. But if we could ride that that bucking bronco for eight seconds, you know, really be silent, who knows what kind of information we would get out of those folks in order to go forward. So I just think that's a great, it doesn't have to be a verbal question. It can certainly be a nonverbal question. But the most important key to this process is making sure we've got good intentions. People can tell when your intentions are good and when they're not. The difference here is your intentions are good if you're driving, really trying to help that individual improve their skill sets. The intentions are bad and we're just focused on you need to get our task done. If you're totally focused on just the task and not helping develop that person, that's the, the wrong intention to uh, And it's to do clear that. To, the, to that team member. Oh, yeah. They'll, you know immediately mm-hmm. <laughs> when someone is listening to you for... Uh, understanding when they're really listening is to say, Hey, Paul, tell me what's going on in your life. But you also know when they're listening to you, it's like, okay, uh, you haven't done this yet and you need to get that done. Right. You can tell that immediately. And it has an impact on how the relationship goes and how the conversation goes. Then another key aspect of that is keeping the the tone gentle. Uh, Remembering being asked a question, particularly a series of questions can feel like it's invasive, it's Mm -hmm. critical, or it's controlling. Uh, We all remember as a child, what it felt like to be scolded or to be punished. Mm -hmm. 
ask the questions in a way that doesn't put people on the defensive. I think it's just an, an like you're leading up to something bad. <laughs> Right. Right. You're you're a prosecutor yeah. and you're just laying on the evidence to yeah. get to the point where do do do. Do you know why I pulled you over? <laughs> right. Did you see the sign the, the speed limit? Yeah. <laughs> and I don't know why a police officer always asks that question. You know why I pulled you over? Well, you're a police officer. You've got right. the cars and I was over 20 miles over the speed limit. Probably that's exactly. the reason. Right. Right. Yeah. And that might be the key, too. I've never thought of it that way, too. But if I come forward with that information of being 20 miles over the speed limit, he goes, well, no, it was really because of the uh, uh, the light. Your left headlight was out. But we're going to get you for the headlight for and the mm-hmm. 20 miles an hour because you've now testified. Right. Then we can get into the discussion of Miranda rights and all of that. But <laughs> be appropriate and persistent in getting a clear answer. If you feel like there's something fuzzy or problematic or there's wiggle room in the other person's answer, Simply say things like, tell me more, or what else about that, or what was difficult or challenging about that. And would you say, would you say a lot of times, maybe they're not being upfront, but a lot of times they don't know themselves till they've thought through it. That's absolutely right. I mean, I almost look at it as a person who walks into a hardware store. I need this thingamajabi that fits to this thingamajabi. Mm -hmm. But then they don't know, they also need to buy a new whatchamacallit, to go onto the thingamajabi that they didn't know was there. They had no idea about it. They had no idea. And we've all done that. All the time, yeah. But thank God that person's there to help us with that issue. Mm -hmm. And the challenge is you as a manager can help them see that next step, that if they do this, that's fine. That'll solve the issue immediately. But in the long term, this may be the impact of it. And you need to ask them a question to do that. So that was a great question you asked there to help us get into a a deeper level of that. Mm -hmm. You know, another thing is, as you have this conversation, it's almost like a threat question, another layer of a opinion or another layer of the onion. A Shrek question? A Shrek question. What do you mean by that? Well, you know, like Shrek the movie. Remember Shrek the movie? For your information, there's a lot more to ogres than people think. Example? Example? Okay. Um, ogres are like onions. They stink? Yes. No. Oh, they make you cry? <laughs> no. Oh, you leave them out in the sun, they get all brown, start sprouting little white hairs. No. Layers. Onions have layers. Ogres have layers. Onions have layers? You get it. We both have layers. <sighs> oh, you both have layers. Oh. You know, not everybody like onions. <laughs> so these questions have layers. <laughs> they do. <laughs> I'm so glad that you put that in there. That was just, that was brilliant on your behalf because we were talking previously before the, I'll throw that in there. And I just thought that was great. You did that, but it truly is kind of like unpeeling a layer of an onion, you know, just Mm -hmm. like the Shrek question just getting them one more layer and and following it down. Ask those questions. Tell me more. What's happening? What impact would this be? And so different kinds of questions will help you unpeel that onion. So you get a better sense of it. Tell me about, about, I think a lot of people, when they use questions, a lot of times they use closed-ended questions mm-hmm. and how that really doesn't find the layers. Right. Because then you end up with, yes, or, or how was your weekend? It was good. Oh, mm-hmm. great. You know, but what did you do this weekend is a whole different, you can't, yes. you can't answer yes or no to that. Mm-hmm. And so that's important for us as managers to listen effectively is to ask those opening questions. So I wanted to kind of give folks some examples of those opening questions and there'll also be some of those examples under the notes of this podcast on, Pod, on on Podbean so that you can get it. So 
here are some of the questions. Uh, how was you know the meeting for you? How do you appre- can I stop you there because I really sure. I really think this is an important thing. Mm-hmm. It wasn't did the meeting go well? Mm-hmm. Right. How was the meeting? How was the meeting? Right. Because you said the meeting did the meeting go well? Oh yeah. Yeah. Right. Or eh. and then you've got to say okay, tell me more about mm-hmm. that. What was your and eh part of it? How was it for you? Right. And just recently, I asked a client, you know, how was the meeting that we had here two weeks ago? Well, one of the things that we didn't do is we didn't set goals as clearly as how I'd like us to. Mm-hmm. All right, let's go back and address that. I could have gotten defensive and gone, you know, because I facilitated the meeting. Don't get defensive. Just step back. Okay, what was your observation? Oh, we can fix that. And then talk about, I think it's being solution-focused and problem-focused. Rather than trying to find blame, just, okay, what's mm-hmm. the solution to this? We didn't set as many goals as we would like. Let's go back and clarify that and make it clear. And, and just to dissect it, one other thing. I like the question for you, adding for you, because too many times it was, well, the most senior person in the in the room liked it, so it was good. Well, now, what was it for you and, and how you're part of this team and how you are trying to reach our goals? Yeah, no, and I think that's a great observation yeah. on your behalf is to see that difference. How was it for you? Because we always, whenever you have senior level meet, uh, folks in a, in a room and they're there in that process, we so often just, our heads will snap to them. Yes. Okay. You know, there's a decision to be made. All of our heads snap to them rather than saying collectively, how will we approach this or how will we fix it? Mm. Another one is, what did this remind you of? Or what did this, mm. wh- what was your perception of this? That way you can kind of compare it to what, how they look at it now, but also look at how they compared it to other things that were in the past. What did you wish that happened instead? It's a great way to go about that process because we, in fact, look at the world from a whole different bunch of ways. So what did you wish happened instead? Uh, What was the most important thing here for you? And I think that's a great question, too, to get a deeper understanding of where they're at. I think another great question, a follow-up question is on a scale of 1 to 10, how effective was the meeting? 10 being a great meeting, 1 being ineffective. If we could improve it, what would you, in fact, do differently to improve it? And you use the example meaning it could be sales call, Mm -hmm. customer interaction, whatever it is. Right. Whatever it may be that you want to find out more about. Right. And how can we improve that? Yeah. And how would you like it to be from now on is, you know, kind of a wish. If you could tap something on the head Mm -hmm. or wave a wand and say, ta-da, this would be it. You know, what do you want going forward? So I think that's another key. And that's key. that question that you've talked about in one of the previous podcasts of having people try to vision where they want to go, what, mm-hmm. their, what their end result is. Right. What does done look like is mm-hmm. so important in the process. And then could you say more about X? Could you tell me more about that? And I love Bob T.D. in his uh, blog, leadingwithquestions.com. He's always asking the question, can you tell me more? He actually has one question where he has, he asked them, tell me more three times. Mm-hmm. And that really gets down to those deeper levels of layers, those deeper level of onions, so you have a conversation. But if you're really listening from a deep level, then that next question should come yes. from what's happening in that interaction. Well, you know what I like about tell me more? I'm sorry if I'm dissecting these too mm-hmm. much. Could you tell me more? You don't say, I don't understand, or... Mm-hmm. Please be clear. You're not mm-hmm. using it like they're doing something wrong. You're right. taking the ownership of. Mm-hmm. Tell me more about that because I you want to grasp it on a deeper level. Right. And on you the want, layers. I won't play another clip. <laughs> <laughs> but you do. You want clarity. Right. Not only for yourself to you understand really where they're coming from, but clarity for themselves. Because a lot of times people reach clarity when they talk about it. I and mean, that's why 
when, yes. when your life is out of balance, you go to talk to psychologists. Mm-hmm. It's not so much the questions they ask, but the answers you give and how you begin to, to analyze those from a, from a wider life perspective. Mm-hmm. That's so important for all of us. So, yeah, tell me more is such a powerful. Yeah. Or could you say more about that? So you're allowing them to ex- elaborate on it, but you're not driving them to the conclusion you want. You're truly trying to help them reach clarity right, on what right, they want. Right. And that's the key to the process of coaching. Right. Those are great questions. Very good. And we'll have more of them underneath the uh, listed of the, the podcast description. So if you want some more, you've got a whole bunch of them there. I think we've got like 20 questions you could ask to help the conversation go further. I have a question for you. Certainly. If people have questions for you, <laughs> exactly how do right. they get a hold of you? Well, there's two ways to get a hold of me. You can actually go to RoyRoland.com. That's R-O-R-Y-R-O-W-L-A-N-D.com. But also we have coachingmanager.university, and that's a great way for folks to learn how to use these skills further in their life. It's a 52-module pro, program and allows them to learn it self-paced. Mm-hmm. And you can, in fact, get better at your skills of coaching by using this program. So there's another way to do it, coachingmanager.university. Excellent. Okay, well, we'll see you next time. Thank you. Thank you, Paul. Thanks for listening to Coaching for Potential with Rory Rowland. Join us next time for another discussion about the power of coaching. This has been a KCTK production produced by Paul Lavoda and Rory Rowland. For more information and content, visit RoryRowland.com.